You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 239. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 239. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. (laughs) Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Hello, my dearest love. Well, hello. How are you? I'm doing quite well. I'm, Thank <laughs> you. We were we were a little giddy as we were we've warming been up. a little the, giddy, yeah. Warming up the mics, you know, doing our little mic check. Yeah, we've already warmed the mics up. Well, we need to warm it up because it is snowing it's here snowing in here. North Carolina. Yeah. And it's a little chilly. If you follow me on Instagram, you saw <laughs> my ridiculous documentation of what it was like for the first so snow that we experienced in North Carolina. So it's not like I've never been around snow before. I've been around snow plenty of times, but I haven't had it actually coming down from the sky. What is this material falling from the sky? While I'm in my domicile. Yeah. It, you know what I mean? It was always <laughs> like a place that we went. Yeah. We would like go to the mountains or yes. you went skiing. And so it was a place that had snow but never where I, like, live. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, you're up in it right now. <laughs> Even on my, my Instagram story at one point, this is obviously not current any longer, but I was like, oh, my gosh, a piece of it got in my hand. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it was something I had never seen before. So, anyway, we're having the time of our life. It, it, it actually works very well when you work from home. It does. Because you can just kind of hold yourself up and view the gorgeous scenery. So Right. You have to drive with idiots. That's right. But we have a fab topic related to relationships for you guys today, and it is all around 10 specific questions to ask yourself in order to be a better partner, in order to cultivate a healthier relationship, and overall just to have a happier partnership uh-huh. with your with your spouse or girlfriend, boyfriend. That's right. We're definitely going to do that. And along with this episode, we have for you – wait, do you – Off in the distance. Is it coming very, around that mountain, it's Mr. It's very <laughs> faint in the distance. But as soon as it gets around the mountain, it'll be like – We interrupt this broadcast of the Joy Junkie Show to bring you this urgent free shit alert. Repeat, this is a free shit alert. <laughs> <laughs> That was the best lead up into a free shuttler. I, you know what you get? A warm, warm fuzzy. fuzzy. Yay! <laughs> All kinds of things to enter into this podcast. Have fun, Darlene. Right? <laughs> Darlene's our brilliant podcast editor and my amazing assistant. So she, I like to give her little shout outs here and there. because Shout out to Darlene. Shout out to D-Money. That was a shout out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what? You get a warm fuzzy, Darlene. Oh, Jesus. Yay! <laughs> it's getting carried away over here. I'm getting... See, I told you we were getting really squirrely about it. Squirrely. All right, so the free shit alert, let's just regroup, 
is going to be journaling sheets for you around the 10 things that I give to you today. You will want to have this in front of you while we go through this or have it downloaded so that you can fill it out when you want to kind of have an introspective journaling time around how this stuff applies to you. You will want to snag your copy, so just find it over on the show notes page or go to thejoyjunkie.com slash 239. You'll see a very easy button that you can download. And It's very important to journal your sheets. (laughs) you got to journal your sheets, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag journal your sheets. (laughs) I wonder if that's a – that would be funny if that's already a hashtag. Should we look it up real quick? No. No, we should. We'll look it up later. We should – Stick to the yeah, show. Yeah, stick to the show. Stick to the show. <laughs> which I'm leads, the prize, Amy. I am the prize. Which leads us to one of our favorite segments called... Would You Rather? Yeah, that's my segment. That's right. Uh, this Would You Rather is... Would you rather get into a fist fight with 100 chicken-sized gorillas or a gorilla-sized chicken? <laughs> Wait, 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 oh my god. Put oh it together. God. Like I just started visualizing that and I'm hundred chicken sized gorillas. Oh my That's god. That's a lot of gorillas. It's a lot of chickens. I'm having a head explosion right now. Okay. Um So you can't use a weapon, it's a but, fist fight. You oh, have to fight them off with your bare hands. But so but if it's the giant <laughs> gorilla sized chicken, yeah. it could be like Yeah, hey, it'll pack the shit out of you. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> And, like, it could spear me with its beak. And it's got talons. Wait a minute. Can it only The chicken use... has large talons. Can it... Can it... <laughs> Do the chickens have large talons? Do they have what? Large talons. I don't understand a word you just said. <laughs> the Napoleon reference there? Can you... Wait a minute. Can they only use their talons and, hand, like, their hands at fist fight? Or can they use their beak? Because I'm, I'm mostly concerned about that part. You're concerned about the beak? Yeah. The beakage? Um... <laughs> Yeah, they can use their beak. Well, okay, but then the alternative is a hundred chicken-sized gorillas. Gorillas. That's right. But I'm thinking, well, which, first, which are but, pretty big. They're you know, I mean, that's meaty. I mean, it's a solid animal. Yeah, that 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 tiny. And it's a hundred of them. A hundred, and I feel like they could. I mean, that's how like. What's that fish? But you could a kick pariah them and... isn't that why pariahs like strength and numbers? They like take you down. That's piranhas. <laughs> you mean? Yes. What are pariahs? Where I don't that? know, but thank you for being the, the fact checker. <laughs> yeah, they just take Piranhas. little tiny bites. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's like if you had a hundred mini gorillas, but they were all coming. Yeah. I think I'm going to take my chances with the giant chicken. You are? Because... At least you could choke a bitch out, right? Like you could jump up and get a hold of the neck. You're like, and you're like swinging from its back. <laughs> but a hundred... A hundred Chicken-sized gorillas would be a lot to fight off. But you could use your feet a lot more. But I feel like I would just spin around with my arms out. Yeah. But that and, wouldn't and work legs. because they're way smaller. Right. They're t- they're down to, like, your ankles. But I could have. Remember how we did that one time at, at my mom's house where you were swinging me around by my feet? Yes. <laughs> oh, we'd make a great team fighting 100 chicken-sized gorillas. <laughs> but I can't have a team. So I I pick I pick the giant chicken. I'm going to choke it The gorilla-sized chicken. The go- yes, thank you. Okay. What about you? What would you pick? I think I'd go with the gorilla-sized chicken as well. You would? Yeah. I mean, I, they're pretty fierce, and those talons would be huge. But I feel like I could I, I could strategize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
better than if there was a hundred things I had to try to keep my eye on. That'd be a hell of a cock. And they were going to be like pariahs. Piranhas. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is a pariah? Isn't a pariah? We need to fact check that. I think it's somebody who like steals from you or something like that. All right. So what'd you Google? A pariah, P-A-R-I-A-H, is a class in uh, Southern India. Basically an outcast. Okay. I thought it had an, it was a person with some sort of negative connotation. Yeah. A member of a low caste in Southern India. Basically, you were way off. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> especially because I was trying to say piranha. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about relationship let's get stuff. Into it. Let's get your relationship let's get into together. This sheet. That's right. <laughs> what did you say? Hashtag journal your sheets. Journal your sheets. That's right. All right. So one of the things that we talk about frequently on the podcast is how. There is really nothing that we can do to control other people's behavior. Yet in our relationships, it's really common for us to think, well, if my husband wasn't such a nag, or if my wife wasn't so emotionally unavailable, or if she would just do more around the house, or if he would just do these things, then we would surely be happy. And we have this notion that it's over there. It's the other person who needs to get their shit together. Yes. And then everything would be fine. Yeah. And we've talked, we've talked about that a lot with regards to blame and the deal with that perspective of you need to change is that it does not involve any personal ownership. You are essentially saying that you are void of any responsibility. Mm-hmm. And we do that subconsciously. We don't, we're not really trying to say, I'm not going to own my shit, but we're so focused oftentimes on our hurt or our discomfort or what, what isn't going well, that it's, it's easier for us to blame somebody else. Sure, sure. So this episode is going to be all about looking internally and how you are conducting yourself inside of your relationship. Hmm. That's why I wanted to include these journal pages for you so that you had it all in front of you. You wouldn't have to re-listen to the pod if you didn't need to. You could just take those sheets and journal about the ways in which you can be better inside your relationship. I also think there's going to be a pull to be like, honey, listen to this. And again, wanting your partner. Mm-hmm. And and I'm not saying that's not a good idea. Absolutely. If they are open, if they're willing, knock yourself out. But Please be sure to check in and own your shit. That's really, truly all that we can be in control of. That's all we have to monitor. Okay, so number one, the question to ask yourself is, how would I respond to me? Mm -hmm. This is one of my absolute faves. So this is about kind of standing in your partner's shoes and think back to perhaps the last thing that you had a grievance about or that you had words about, something you wanted him or her to rectify If you were on the receiving end, if you were in his shoes or her shoes, how would you respond? Right. Would you be like, yay, yeah, I can't wait to work on that. Or would you be like, oh my gosh, you're yelling and screaming. I just want you to, or wow, I'm really put on the defensive with how you're speaking to me. Right. Yeah, that's, that's very true. You know, a lot of times we will feel as though our partner isn't taking us seriously or they are getting defensive or whatever. Most of the time, not always, but well, I should say some of the time it has to do with how you are approaching them. Because if you're coming at them from a place of like, you never do this or you always or we need to talk or da 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 da, and it's blamey, 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 how would you receive that? Most of us would be really defensive. We would want to say, yeah, but look at what you do. Right. 
Again, we can't control that reception. We can't control how your partner responds, but you can check in and look at, okay, how would I respond to me? And catch yourself, really acknowledge it. Now, here's where I think people get stuck is in the justification of it. Okay. We think, but he is being an asshole or she is shirking her responsibility or she. And so we feel justified in how we are expressing ourselves. Hmm. So we think, no, no, fuck that. I am pissed, you know? And we think that because it's valid how we feel that expressing it in that way will be effective. And at the, at the core of everything, what we want is to be heard. That's it. We want to be heard by the other person. And if we are expressing ourselves from a place of intense emotion, it's likely that that's not very effective, that it's falling on deaf ears, that that other person is like in fight or flight. They're not going to be looking at how they are internally. They're going to be outwardly focused as well. That's right. Yeah. So as you go through some of these questions, you might start thinking about specific interactions that you've had with your partner and revert back to some of the things that you have expressed or said or asked for and run it through some of these filters and look at, is there a way in which I could express myself and be a bit more effective? Right? Got it. Yeah. All right. So number two is very much in tandem with number one. And it is to ask yourself, if I were him or her, would I hear me right now? Hmm. Say that one more time. If if I was my partner, would I hear me right now? Okay. So essentially, like, are you giving them, are they in a space where they can hear you? Uh-huh, uh-huh. So here's a place to look. Are they ready to talk? Are you communicating at a time when they can truly absorb what you're expressing? A lot of times what will happen is you might get all geared up to address an issue or maybe you're ready to talk or you've had a really chill day, tranquil day, and you're up for a discussion right then. And maybe they just got home. Maybe they're in the middle of a project. They may not be capable of hearing you in that moment. Okay. So one of the things that you can check in with is not just what you want. Obviously, you want to have a conversation. You want to talk it out. You want some things rectified? Yes. Ask yourself, can you they hear agenda. me right now? Will What'd you say? You have an agenda. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You have an agenda. And sometimes it's very valid. I'm not saying don't have that or don't have that conviction to have a conversation. I'm just saying be aware of the space that they are in. Are they in a place where they can really hear what you have to say? Think about that as you go to broach conversations or to chat about things Ask yourself, like, is this, is my partner in a place where they can hear me? So for instance, like if they just got off the phone with their brother or mom or somebody who's highly triggering and they always get like kind of agitated or something like that, they probably can't hear you at that moment. Things going on. Yeah. And we've done that too. Like where I've started in on something, started to talk to you about something and you have to kind of say like, I'm. I am not in that headspace, babe. Right. And that t- that took a while till we got yeah. to that point where you you were really vocal and not afraid that I was going to be like, fine. Right. Yeah. No, that's very true. And take offense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the fear of saying something like that. You're, you know, we just like, okay, well, I need to just listen or, you know, let just them speak their it. words or whatever. Yeah, just get through it. Right. Instead of, you know what? This isn't really the moment. Maybe can we talk about this in about 30 minutes or 
how about we reapproach this at the end of the day or whatever? Yes, yes, yes. And that takes some time. And again, learning how to communicate with one another and figuring out when and how to ask for things that you need inside of your relationship takes some finessing. Like it, it took a while for us to get to that point where I think where you felt like it wasn't going to be a trap to oh, really yeah. say what you needed. Right. I think you, I don't know, maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, but I feel like you, there was a lot of times where you wanted to say, I'm not quite there. I'm, I'm really busy from work or my head's not in it or I'm emotionally drained from work. And and then what would happen is I would keep going and going, you're not listening. Why are you not listening to me? Yes. And then it would kind of escalate. But once we figured out like you could actually say that and I would be like, okay, cool. I respect you. I respect what's going on with you. I'm not going to, that's not about me. It's not that you don't want to hear from me. And that's something we had to establish within that is, okay, if I say that, you know, if I speak what what is really happening with me or where I'm at and not being able to hear you, you have to be okay with saying, okay, let's approach it another time and not get defensive about it, right? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So if you are offering like that, if you are if you're just kind of here's all my shit or here's what I want to talk about and then that person says like, honey, I am I'm really overloaded or you've started to ask them to say that like to acknowledge, like, I am not in a place where I can really be amazing for you. (laughs) Can we talk about this at another time? You have to start conditioning being receptive to that. It's just as important for you to not flip out and make it about you. If you really want to cultivate that mutual respect and you want them to respect that you have something to talk about, you need to respect whatever place they're in at the moment. Absolutely. Okay. Number three, what does my partner want? So a lot of times too, we will make up what our partner wants. Mm-hmm. We uh-huh. make we make up how they feel about things. We make up how they're motivated, and we fail to ask. We think that if they tune us out, then they must be over the relationship. But what they may genuinely need is like some unwind time, right? And so we start taking any sort of behavior. And we make interpretations around it. Like, oh, if they shut me out, they must not want to talk. It might not be that. What do you guys call that? Creating a story? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Oftentimes creating a story. But I think we also don't even find out what they need, right? Like, what do you – if I am to bring up a challenging topic to you, how do you want me to approach that? Yeah. How does that land well? And not even just within communication boundaries, but also with – what do they want out of life? What do they want for their future, out of your relationship, for their career, for your family? What do they want for you? Having those deeper conversations, that can also really help break a relationship kind of out of a rut. Just even asking them, and not in a way like, what do you want? Not like that. <laughs> yeah. But just in any in anything, even like when I have something to address with you, how do you want me to approach that? Ask what they desire as far as your approach or what do you know you do not want me to say? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that also fosters more communication because it's not all about the other person asking for things. Right. It's like, I'm really interested in what's happening with you too. Mm -hmm. And it fosters a, a mutual conversation. One of the things that I learned from one of my dear friends and colleagues, her name is Kira Sabin. And I will 
I'll link to her uh, for those of you out there who are interested in learning more about her. But one of the things that she always says in relationships is asking the person, how can I be amazing for you? How can I be (laughs) awesome for you? Yeah. And that has been remarkable in my, in our relationship, but then also in my friendships too. Like when my, my friends are going through rough times, you know, you're in, instinct is to console, tell them they're going to get through it. You have your go-to, here's what's going to help. Here's what will help. Here's what they need. Here's what they want. And without even asking. Yeah. So just to say, how can I be awesome for you? I mean, that's, that's huge. That is huge for sure. And it has helped tremendously in, in a lot of my relationships. All right. So number four, that was actually just like a little bonus one. The next one is how does my partner feel about this? This is sort of along the same lines as what do they want or what do they need? But a lot of times we don't even know how somebody in our life feels about something. And when we express emotions with one another or start learning how to share emotions with one another, that creates intimacy. Anytime you share how you feel about something, you are being vulnerable. Vulnerability equals intimacy, period. Yeah. And this is really easy for some people. It's really challenging for others. It could also be something that you ease into by simply saying, hey, I would love to know how you've been feeling about you know that work meeting if you feel up for sharing it, if you feel up for talking about it. Just want you to know I'm really interested and I care how it's been for you. And you start with the invitation, not a tell me everything about how you feel about this. You know, it could be just a softer invite, Mm -hmm. depending on where you're at in your relationship. How do they feel when you speak to them? Like really, truly like getting to the crux of how you communicate, because there's things like that we've talked about in the past where you say, when you say this, this is what it, how I feel. This is how I interpret it. Can you please not use that verbiage or whatever? But we would never know unless we had a candid conversation about how I'm, the words I'm saying it are making you feel how they're impacting you. It's interesting to go through these because we just do them now, but going back to them, I'm like, oh, wow, we, you know, really use a lot of these without effort now. That's right. Yeah. Oh, we totally do. I think it's also, it's good to look back and go like, oh, yeah, this is, this really does help Yeah. day in and day out. Yeah. Not just big topic stuff, but just. Daily function. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Number five. When I talk to my partner, do I sound like I'm speaking to someone I love? Wow. That's huge. I remember talking to you about this at the very beginning of our marriage. And we had gotten kind of into the minutia and the day in and day out logistics of running a household. And you said to me, don't talk to me like a business partner. We are <laughs> lovers. And that was when we started the rule that anytime we communicate with each other during the day via text. Especially if text. If we're just, yeah, we're grabbing something or an email or anything like any type of communication, there is something amorous that we include in there. Something like, hey, babe, I've really been thinking about you today. I hope your day has been amazing. Here's a bunch of kisses for you. Right. Did you sign that paperwork for the life insurance or whatever? Yes. Right. So that there isn't this transactional feeling to everything that we do. So yes. that there's 
always, always, always an element of love and connection in our daily communication. Is amor a word? Amor. Amor. means love. Right. But there's a lot of amor in our conversations. Yes, let's use it. I I'll love just it. Make it up. Okay, sweet. It probably is. So I want you to really check yourself and think about if you were talking, just your regular interaction with somebody, checking in throughout the day, however you engage with them. If somebody were to overhear the two of you and how you speak to each other, would they have any idea that you are in love? Would it be clear? Would it be like, that looks like two business partners fighting? Or that looks like ex spouses trying to figure out what to do with the kid? Mm hmm. Is it clear through how you connect that you are in love with one another? If we keep, you know, I was thinking about this with, with the elections and why I think we are so incredibly polarized in this country has a lot to do with how we speak to each other. And we are always yelling and screaming and casting judgment and blame and, vitriol and saying why the other people are so awful and horrendous and deplorable or whatever it happens to be. And that never fosters connection ever. Ever. So if you want that connection, it's not that your emotions are not valid or you shouldn't feel the way you feel. All I'm saying is that communicating from that intensity doesn't usually yield anything positive for the relationship. Very good point. So if you're pissed, be pissed, go work that shit out. Either in a workout, with a coach, with a therapist, beat the hell out of your bed. Girls night. Girls night, whatever. Yeah. Word vomit to a friend. Get, expel that energy so that when you do come talk to your partner about it, you can talk about it from a really tranquil, quiet, calm, powerful perspective and method of communication. Okay. So check yourself on that. And that's also really huge for your children. If we think back now, like when we look at our lives now and we think about where we learned lessons of love or communication or how to speak to each other, a lot of us think back to our family of origin and what was modeled for us. True. So be really intentional about what sort of relationship am I modeling for my child? What are they going to grow up seeing as normal method of communication between a spouse if you have Hmm. kids? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a place to kind of go, oh, shit. Right. This is a little bit bigger than just a bill that didn't get paid or shoes that got left out. This Sound is a, like my father. This is a bigger yeah. implication. Yep. Exactly. Number six, am I truly prepared to listen? This is most important when you are expressing something to your partner that you would like rectified in the relationship. Like you said earlier, oftentimes you you know, broach it from a place of agenda. Here's what I want to have done. Yeah. Here's the the ways that you can win with me is uh-huh. by saying yes yeah. to all of this shit that I am very vocally and emphatically bringing to the table. Yes. If you yes, are dear. what exactly, yeah. right? That's the whole happy wife, happy life bullshit. Yeah. And it's like, can we just really, truly collaborate? I'm a huge fan of that word. Not compromise, not, for God's sake, not settling, but communicating in a way where we are collaborative. Mm -hmm. And if I bring something to you that I am really passionate about or have a really strong feeling about, and then I shut down everything you have to say, I'm just being tyrannical. 
I'm just trying to say, here's, I want it to be my way and I don't care how you feel. I don't care about your perspective. Be prepared when you engage in conversation with your partner to genuinely hear what they have to say. You don't have to agree with them. But if you want that respect in return, you need to show it to them as well. Absolutely. And I'm talking about relationships that are not on the brink of divorce. I'm talking about the people out there who are listening going, we just butt heads sometime or our our fights are these all out brawls. And then we recover and we're fine. We're not one foot out the door, but you need some finessing in the communication department. That's, That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. If you are one foot out the door, there are likely a lot deeper issues that need to be rectified and that I would highly, highly advocate seeking professional help in that regard. Sure. A therapist, marriage counselor, somebody who, if you really truly want to give it a solid go, find somebody you I think trust. a lot of these principles still apply, even sure. if you have one foot out the door. It, it you know, could. You still have to treat people like people. Yeah, uh, it, there just could be there could be a multitude of different issues. There could Absolutely. be sexuality stuff. There could be stuff with ex spouses or children or in laws or addictions. There could be stuff that I'm not addressing. Got it. So I don't want people to hear this and think, "Oh, well, if I could just get my communication straight, all these other systemic horrible things could be obliterated." Absolutely. Not necessarily. Sometimes, sometimes it's much bigger than that. But I would agree with you in the sense that chances are there is something here that you could be better at, that you could be more productive in so that you're proud of you. Yes. So that you can go, you know what? I really did try in this relationship. I really did take to heart what I learned and saw where I made missteps so that you can kind of walk away if if that ever came to that going I did what I could do I really really did. Well I think it'll make you a better person and it'll make you a better person for the next relationship you get into. Totally. Yeah. And it's not like this is not applicable to relationships with family, friendships, uh, right. children, yeah. parents. You have a tough conversation to have with a, a spouse or, or, I'm sorry, a child or a parent or something like that. These absolutely apply. Yeah, Am yeah. I ready to listen? Sure. Am I ready to hear what their perspective has been like this whole time? The Ten Commandments of Communication. Wow. <laughs> because I am totes biblical. Right. Okay. <laughs> Number seven. What is the most important thing to my partner? This seems like a no-brainer. But I cannot tell you how many people that I come across who really don't know, like really know their partner. Or maybe they used to know them really well and you used to have these deep conversations and then kids came or careers changed or you moved or something kind of arrested how deep of conversations you get into. If you get in the habit of being truly curious about about your partner, you continue to grow and you continue to learn more and more about each other. Yes. What was their day like? What genuinely lights them up? What are they dreaming of? Like right now, what's their biggest dream? What's their favorite color? You know, it's just things like that. Like, can you be more curious about your partner? And we've done that a few times where I'm like, hey, when you were little, when you went to school, did you have to do blah, blah, blah? You know, and just to genuinely get curious. Yeah. Right. But then to also ask about, you know, what, what's the most important thing for you as you're crafting this business or what's, 
what do you really want? You know, going back to that question, what do you yeah. really want for 2018? And talking about big things, little things, and allowing that intimacy and that vulnerability. Right. And again, tailor this towards where you're at in your relationship. If you need to take a little bit of a softer approach, a baby step, whatever, but own your peace in your ability to communicate with your partner. Number eight, what haven't I said that my partner deserves to know? Wow. This is totally a golden rule situation. For like sure. what would you, if what you are keeping from your partner is something you would want to know, it's like treat others the way you want to be treated kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to leave it at that. Check in with yourself. You know, you'll see in your little cheat sheet that I, in the journal prompts, have said, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Like, <laughs> you usually know what it that is. Right like, well, yeah. fuck. I mm. haven't told them that I'm really seriously considering going back to school, you know, or how I really feel about our sex life or whatever it happens to be. Yeah. What is that thing that you haven't said? Or even how something in the relationship has impacted you or how you're struggling, or anything like that. They deserve to know that, right? Number nine, how can I set my partner up for success? Are you your partner's number one fan or their biggest obstacle? Do they have to hide everything from you? Mm. Or can they not wait to share with you because they know you're going to be just as excited? Absolutely. Right? And Yes, I can hear you out there going like, yeah, but I can't turn to them. They're not my biggest fan. They're my – yes. If that's the it, the case, then like I said, there's a much deeper issue at hand that you may need some external help with. Right. And, and both parties have to be willing. That really, really is important. There's no use dragging a partner to therapy who is not going to participate, who won't work on it, who won't use the tools – <laughs> There's no use dragging them to read a book with you or do an online class with you. Yeah. You both have to be invested in, yeah, we're in a shitty place. We're obviously not getting heard. Do we want to continue working on it? Yeah. Yeah. So again, like I said, this is a little bit of a different scenario, but these are just smaller ways that you can kind of check in. Here's another one I like to kind of ask myself. When you pull in to the complex and you see my car, are you going to be excited? Or are you going to be like, Bob, fuck, she's here. Oh, she's home. Right. Yeah, yeah. How do you speak to other people about your partner? That's huge. That is huge. I know every time I meet somebody that you have talked to them about me and they say, oh my gosh, I've heard so much about you. I know I already am in because you've been – talking me up and being so <laughs> such my biggest fan and vice versa where people go oh my god mr smith i've heard so much about you yeah, right yeah. how you speak about your partner that is absolutely related to respect you know what's interesting is that's one where you know you're talking with the boys or talking with the girls and they're like oh yeah you know and they'll say something typical uh like happy wife happy life or something like that and it's easy to go, oh, yeah, mm-hmm, and just kind of go along with that. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times I will actually say, eh, we don't really follow that rule. Or, right. you know, I don't really think of my wife like that. Or, you know, you know what? I'm I'm really blessed. I don't have a wife that nags me. Yeah. And if she does, I communicate with her why that's not cool. Right. You know, like I'll 
broach that. Having the balls to speak up like that when everyone else is like, yeah, uh, uh, and everyone's like colluding. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and being able to be like, oh, actually, that's not my experience. It doesn't have to be that way or, you know. That's right. Like, oh, I actually can't relate. (laughs) <laughs> you know, but that is that's your responsibility is what I'm saying. What how you portray your partner, how you broadcast your relationship is your responsibility. Right. And if it is that way, then you can say, yeah, but we're really working on not making that the case. That's right. You know, that's right. Yes, exactly. Talking about what you do want instead of what you don't want. Right. Finally, number 10, what do my friends know about my relationship that my partner doesn't know. Yeah, that's a big one. And this is really close to number eight, that like, what have I, haven't I said that my partner deserves to know? This is where everything about how you feel, what you want, a lot of the stuff we've talked about today, your dreams, your hopes, what you want for the relationship, your grievances, your upsets, If your best friend, mom, therapist, they all know exactly how you feel, but your partner has no idea, that is on you. That is on you. Now, I'm not saying it's easy to express all of that. I'm not saying that you're going to be met with the reception that you're hoping for. What I'm telling you, though, is that that is your responsibility, period. So if you choose to go, yeah, but I know what they're going to say, yeah, then you are shirking your responsibility. You aren't even giving them the opportunity to be what you need. And that is your responsibility. And there could be pain. There could be hurt. There could be uncomfortable emotions. But let me tell you what the opposite is. The opposite is walking around in this world with all of your walls so fucking high that intimacy is not even on your radar. You're just floating through life without a rich, deep connection to another person. Or it makes the intimacy less intimate. Sure. It kind of dulls it. It's more surface. It's transactional. So know that if you choose to not voice what you want and need, if you choose not to enter into that vulnerable place, you are choosing, I'm not going to give them the chance. I am too scared. I'm going to be motivated from fear instead of courage. Yeah. And again, like I said, it's not... All in, you might have to baby step it. You might have to just, hey, this is really hard for me to say, but I just wanted to let you know that blah. And it might be messy and all of those things, but I need you to understand that you don't get to write off the blame of why they are the way they are. And that's why I don't speak up. And that's why. You need to check yourself and look at the things that you can do and that you haven't, that you won't. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, again, if you want to really take notes on this and look at very specific scenarios that have happened in your own relationship, please make sure to get your journaling sheets. Just go to thejoyjunkie.com slash 239 and you can download them and journal the fuck out of those sheets. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything else you wanted to say? Mm. You know, looking at these questions they're all introspective right yeah it's hard it's not easy that's right these are things that you have to look at your flaws and you have to look at your partner's flaws and you have to meet them in the middle with all of that yeah i I think it's difficult it is but it is so worthwhile yeah when it's done that's right you know 
it's like getting up on a cold day. It's like, oh, I don't want to get out of bed. But once you get up and you start moving, you get out there and you start doing the things that you want to do. You're like, oh, I've accomplished a lot today. I'm really proud of myself. Right. Yeah. It's the same way. I love that you brought that up because it's so easy for us to share this after we've been doing this for 20 fucking years. And we still work on stuff. We That's, still do. You know, for sure. Like, oh, I did not read your mind right. or I need you to share that with me Absolutely. or, you know, we still have that. So please, please, please be compassionate with yourself. Acknowledge wherever you are is just fine and you're receiving this information for a very specific reason. And like you said, it's so, it is hard. It is challenging. It's easier for us to run away. Or it's, just stay in the rut or, or, right. or pass the blame, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So any little step that you take, any little method of communication that you tweak or change in order to be a better person, applaud yourself. That is a step in the right direction. I'm really glad you brought that up. So I'm hoping that this is helpful. Don't forget to get your journaling sheets and we will see you around these parts next week. Here's to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith out. Mmm.